Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of the Tomahawk Talk podcast. I am your host, Brett Rutherford, back again. Hopefully, we can get this episode up on the air at WVFS. We want to make sure we're reaching as many listeners as we can during these, these strange, strange times. But we're back with another episode. We've got more sports to talk about. We've got some more trivia. We've got Gabe Tisdes back on the podcast today to defend his trivia title that he stole from me last week with our 90s NBA trivia. But obviously, joining me tonight, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Gary Putnick. Gary, what's up, man? Nothing much. Just making it through the week slowly but surely. I was able to play my first round of golf in about over a month since the quarantine kind of started because uh, down here in South Florida, they just opened up some golf courses again. So yeah. was able to walk a quick 18 with some of my friends at a safe distance, and it was great. Was it crowded? Were you guys able to get through the course pretty quickly or yeah, other we, people there? Yeah, we were able to get through the course pretty quickly. We played like a short kind of par three, 18 hole course in our area, that, but uh, we played later in the day, so we had to walk. And so the riding people kind of got ahead of us and played quick, so that wasn't too bad. But overall, it was a nice day, and I should be actually playing tomorrow afternoon on Monday. So well, now good. that the semester is over, I've got a little bit more free time on my hands. I'm now officially a Florida State graduate. So uh, now, and obviously, I got to maybe turn to the job hunt. So I'm enjoying this weekend and maybe part of the next week, uh, enjoying my time with the semester being over, my undergraduate career being over. But at the same time, my sights are uh, headed towards finding a job, which might be extremely difficult, uh, obviously, during uh, the, the quarantine and the shutdown. How was graduation? Because it was last, it was yesterday. This we're recording on Sunday. It was on Saturday. Yeah. But what was it like? I know it's obviously weird that you weren't in the civic center and you weren't able to kind of shake Thrasher's hand. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird. Uh, but I, I, obviously, Florida, I, honestly, Florida State did an amazing job. And I, and I've said this about many other events that have been altered or changed or or, or just completely different based on what we're going through. Um, but I thought Florida State, given the circumstances. Did an incredible job. Uh, Mark Ziegler, teacher at the College of Communication, uh, gave the commencement address. I thought everyone did a great job putting this together. President Thrasher did as well. President Thrasher also brought up a good point that this, well, originally this was going to be his last graduation. He was going to be retiring. They extended him for another year. Now when you do another search for a university president, um, given what's going on, but this was going to be his last graduating class. And part of that graduating class was his granddaughter. So this was supposed to be, a, a, you know, a, particularly special graduating class for him and it still was but obviously we're, we're going through some some tough times uh, but but I thought it was great my parents drove up to Tallahassee uh, and watched the commencement ceremony with me and we got to do as, as you know the celebration that we could despite not being able to go out into the world and celebrate like we had originally planned but given the circumstances I thought Florida State did a wonderful job and uh I was I was really pleased with with the ceremony they put together, um, but but also joining our show like I mentioned back to defend his trivia title which he won last week against Gary and myself in '90s basketball trivia is Gabe Tisnes. He's back on the show. Gabe, how are you doing, man? Thank you, thank you, Brett. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Summer's here, like you said, so that's that's something to look forward to, even though we're in quarantine, but. Also got to look forward to this new uh, Last Dance. I'm very excited to see yeah. how they're going to show the relationship between Kobe and MJ um, at the beginning, at least. 
So what have you been up to? And I didn't really tell you what the theme of trivia. And the theme of trivia tonight is going to be NFL trivia. I don't know if we've done that yet, but we we're going to go back to a similar format as we did week one with the, with the baseball trivia. We're going to bring that back for NFL trivia this week. But, Gabe, I know, I know I didn't give you the theme, but have you done anything to prepare, to, to try and practice and get ready for, for tonight? I don't need no practice. NFL is my <laughs> forte, so I'm going to bring it tonight. I figured this would be good for you both. I know we've had some weeks in the past where uh, we've had a lot of wrong answers between everyone yes. that's uh, involved <laughs> in trivia. It's made two. for some ugly pitchers duels, I guess we could call yeah. them. Uh, tonight, I think you guys will do a good job. I think it'll be, um, it'll be fun. It'll be informative. And I think it'll be a really good competition. Gabe did just mention the last dance episodes. Uh, five and six will be tonight. So the third night of, five because they're showing two episodes every Sunday night for five straight weeks will air on ESPN tonight. I know in what they've kind of previewed and shown in the trailers, Kobe Bryant will be featured in tonight's episode, uh, which will be emotional for uh, probably all of us. Um, but do, do we have any idea what else is going to be featured on, on the episodes tonight? I have no idea. I didn't really see that much. I know there was a lot more, kind of build up and a lot more kind of like talk around the last couple episodes because it was supposed to be Rodman or was Rodman and the bad boys. So like we kind of knew what we were getting into last week, but all I've heard is like, we're getting a little bit of Kobe and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'm guessing yeah, with it, the timeline or go ahead. No, go ahead. Gabe. Yeah. I was just going to say, I'm guessing with the timeline, we're going to go through the next championship or two. Um, maybe the 1992 Olympics. Yeah. That might be interesting, getting to see the Dream Team a little bit. Um, the debate after last week's episode on Twitter, again, because there's not much else to talk about in, on social media when it comes to sports, really became, and I saw this a lot, I don't know if you guys saw the same thing, but it, it went back to LeBron James and would he have been able to play in that, <laughs> you know, in that era of basketball. Personally, I hate the debates between eras and, oh, it would Babe Ruth have been able to play in modern-day baseball? Or would Wilt Chamberlain be able to play in modern-day basketball? I hate those because they're so they're, – it's not a realistic argument. If Wilt Chamberlain had played in today's basketball, he would have trained with the, you know, with the knowledge that we have now about how to you know, train as an athlete. But I thought the Jordan playing in the 90s is an interesting debate. I know it was on first take a lot. and I thought they did a poor job of arguing it. But, but Gary, what, what say you? I think, well, going back to LeBron, could he play against those bad boy teams? I think he could. I mean, he's big enough. He's strong enough. And I know he's been kind of molded in this system where if you get touched, react and try and draw a foul that way. But I think he can play hard in those basketball. He's a big enough body. He's bigger than Michael Jordan. He's stronger than Michael Jordan. So I really think he would have been able to perform in that time. Just he would have had to take some time to understand how the game was going to be called because the game was called a completely different way back in the day. Like they, they talked about the Jordan rules in the documentary and it was pretty much like if Jordan gets near the basket, knock him down. Yeah. Well, LeBron is six, nine, two fifty. Mm-hmm. you know, the, yeah, it, obviously today's game of basketball is officiated a little differently than it was in the 1990s. If LeBron James was born and raised in the eighties and played in the nineties in the national basketball association, personally, I think he'd be just as good as he is today. Maybe even better. Who knows? Because players aren't built the way he's built today. I don't even think he would have had to been raised in the 80s and 90s. I think you would just have to give him a few months to learn it. Like, just take current-day LeBron or whatever your LeBron, put him in 
an NBA season, let him get warmed up, and then I think he would play just as well. But he becomes a completely different player. And I, and I talked mm-hmm. about this with one of my roommates, Jordan. If he had played in today's uh, you know, type of basketball, I think he would have worked on his jump shot a lot more. Of he course. would have utilized the three ball a lot more. Uh, there, are, there are many aspects of his game that he would have had to have altered to reach the amount of success that he had in the 90s. Gabe, your thoughts? Yeah, I think one of the benefits of having LeBron James is that he's one of the most well-rounded players that we've ever seen. And he adapts every game to what the other team weaknesses is. So if they need him to do more of a uh, defensive game, then you know he'll, he'll level up the intensity in that sense. And if they need him to shoot a little bit of threes and uh, you know, go in the mid-range, then he'll do that. And in the 90s, maybe he would have you know, just driven to the basket a lot more than what he does today. So I don't think he would have had that much of a problem. I know this is an absolutely kind of ridiculous question on my part, but do you think if you took current day LeBron James, same mindset, same mentality, knowing what he knows right now, put him back then, do you think he would use more of a jumper and a long range shot to kind of gain an advantage over the other teams? I don't know. I think so. I don't know. I think he might, because you look at the way Jordan plays, because he had that inside game where he could go, you know, move downhill and get to the basket. But to kind of combat that physicality that you might meet in the paint, he was able to kind of, you know, pull back, use the mid-range shot, use the three ball when he wanted to. I think LeBron could develop a game. And he already has that. But really mm-hmm. focus in on it. Uh, again, I don't know. That's, that's why these, mm-hmm. these, you know, you took these inter-era debates. They're so hard to have because one will never see it play out in reality. But the game is so different. Players are trained differently. Players are coached differently. The games are officiated differently. Mm. Rosters are built differently. Uh, so I, on first take, they were asking if Jordan, if LeBron James could beat the, the 96 Bulls and the 98 Bulls. But they like weren't even giving him a team to play on. Obviously, Jordan had Pippen and Rodman. Who yeah. does LeBron have on his team? Was he on the bad boy Pistons team? Was he on one of those other great teams of the 1990s? Yeah, or did you take one of his championship teams that he had in Miami or Cleveland and plop them into that time period as well? Like, it, yeah. where do you go? It's kind of ridiculous. That's why I was saying. That's why I was prefacing my question. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so hard. To have. I mean, they can be fun if you have it with mm-hmm. like like mind. If you have those debates and those discussions with like minded people that realize how much the game has changed and is constantly changing. In 20 years from now, there will probably be a new phenom of, of the likes of Kobe Bryant and LeBron James that, uh, you know, the next generation looks up to the way we looked up to those players and debates us on who's better and who would have played better in different years. And that's just a debate that we'll probably never be able to put an end to, but it's one we'll continue having on <laughs> platforms such as this. And, and it, it, it can be fun. Uh, and look around the the country and more sports news. Andy Dalton, the next quarterback, dominated a fall. Obviously, Jameis Winston signed to the New Orleans Saints. We're going to talk a little bit more about the contract that led him to New Orleans in just a second. But uh, in most recent news, Andy Dalton was released by the Cincinnati Bengals. I know they attempted to trade him or at least searching the waters for trades when he was still under contract with the Bengals. But he was released. The Cowboys quickly scoop him up. Um, right after that to a one-year deal, and he's headed to Dallas to play with the Cowboys and be Dak Prescott's backup quarterback. Gary, thoughts on, on that move? It's a solid move. I mean, it really goes back to what the Eagles did when they won their Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. Teams are starting to add on more suitable and better backup quarterbacks, and I think Eddie Dalton is pretty much that right now. He, he does add that experience just in case a Dak Prescott goes down or isn't performing as well. 
to where he can come in and take take charge and actually play well and you're not worried. Like it's it's when the Cowboys had Brandon Whedon. When Tony Romo wasn't there, you were like, oh, well, there goes the year. I mean, you don't have your quarterback. You got Brandon Whedon now. You're going to blow. So having Andy Dalton, you at least have some hope now as to your team's future if an injury happens or poor play. Gabe? Yeah, I think it's not just the Eagles. Look at the Saints last year and what mm-hmm. they did with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Drew Brees, had mi- I think he missed one game in all his career with the Saints due to injury before that uh, little period where he missed like about eight games or so. Or no, it was just like five. Um, but yeah, like having a backup quarterback in today's NFL is really important due to how important the quarterback is. Um, he touches the ball every single snap. And even though Dak Prescott has had an amazing career uh, when it comes to injuries. Like he hasn't had any issues. He hasn't missed any games. It, it, it might just happen soon rather than later. And it's not something that I wish upon him, knock on wood, but you got to be prepared, especially because their division is as tight as it is right now. Yeah, I think it's a good signing. Um, you, you look at the quarterbacks that were left, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton. Winston goes to the Saints. Newton maybe still looking for either a starting job or a place where he can compete for the starting job. Um, the Cowboys then scoop up Dalton, a veteran that has played in a lot of games, played the entire decade of the 2010s, uh, an accomplished quarterback for a poor franchise, but a starter nonetheless for all of those years after he left TCU. And I think uh, it's probably about as good as you can get in terms of backups that were currently out on the market for uh, Dallas. Exactly. And go, was it touching on Cam Newton, the one of those guys that hasn't been signed yet? There is a report from the Athletics saying Cam Newton does not want a backup quarterback job. And I don't know if there's really any starting jobs out there for him to take necessarily. I know the Bears have just uh, declined the fifth year option for Trubisky. So maybe he goes to Chicago and tries to fight. They for the also job. traded for Foles. That, oh, how could I? Yeah, I forgot that part. Yeah, shoot. I was going through a list. I was going through a list of all the teams that could take a quarterback like Newton right now. And I don't know if there's a starting job out there for him. Can you guys name of any? Jacksonville. But Jacksonville, yeah. yeah. But they also seem some they seem set on Minshew. I don't know if that's yeah. the right decision. I think he's a fine quarterback. But tanking. I, yeah. yeah maybe if you're tanking, are. that's the right quarterback. But maybe I mean it's New England still maybe, but they seem to be going after sticking with Stidham or with Hoyer. So I mean at least that's what they're saying. And yeah, it, that's it might be a bit of a smoke screen. They might pretend that they're not interested until they are. Um, maybe they're weighing you know, weighing their options and, and seeing what the best move going forward will be in terms of the money that Cam Newton will try. To bring in, but Andy Dalton signed for I think a pretty sizable amount. I, I don't know. Seven mil, know. one year, three mil guaranteed. So this is interesting. This is another thing I want to talk about real quickly. Jameis Winston signs for a one point one million dollar cap hit. It's a nine hundred fifty thousand dollar base salary and a hundred fifty thousand dollar signing bonus. I mean, this is incredibly low, astronomically low for a player and say what you want about the interceptions, but was a number one overall draft pick in 2015 has been the starting quarterback in the NFL for five straight seasons and threw more passing yards than any other quarterback in the league last year is making less than probably most backups in this league takes a one year deal with new Orleans. Uh, the, the contract information kind of started to come out this, this past week, Gabe, you're the Saints fan again, once, once again, back on the show, uh, were you shocked to see that Jameis is making such little money on this deal? 
I was so shocked because today I heard uh, about Andy Dalton getting signed and all that. And then I looked up and that's, and I saw that the other backup who is Cooper Rush is making more than Jameis Winston. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that leads to Cooper Rush. He's undrafted quarterback, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's actually a good deal for both parties because Jameis is probably going to leave. Uh, so he's honestly just trying to learn from the college academy thing that he tried to emphasize that he's going to learn as much uh, about being in the quarterback position in New Orleans as he's ever learned because he's going to be studying under Sean Payton. He's going to be studying uh, under Drew Brees and he might even, you know, line up for the saints at some point this season. So I think it's not the worst deal for him, but I definitely think he left some money on the table for this season, at least. And that's the question. How much money did he leave on the table? There were reports that the Steelers had offered him a little more. Maybe some other teams were interested but you can't imagine that he left that much on the, you know, if he was offered a maybe 3 million or 5 million for a one year deal that he would have turned that down to play with the saints. But, but who knows, Gary, your thoughts. I mean, you can't put a price on knowledge and Gary mentioned that's what he's going there. He's trying to gain some knowledge and trying to get a better understanding of what he needs to do as a leader and as a quarterback. And he will learn that under Drew Brees and Sean Payton. Do you not agree with that? Uh, well, I, I do. I I think I said it last week or maybe the week after that there's this like tired, worn out sports trope of like, oh, if you play under X quarterback that's going to be a Hall of Famer or X head coach, that you're automatically going to become a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, and part of me thinks that Jameis Winston is already a good quarterback and it's just a couple steps away from becoming a great quarterback. But $1.1 million for a quarterback that's accomplished so much at such a young age. He's 26 years old. This is the pride. This is Jameis Winston's prime age he might not be at his best in terms of his you know his play but this is the best you're going to get from Jameis Winston these next few years so to see him make just 1.1 million dollars even if he did turn down maybe just a little more money at some other you know some other spots it really shocks me that his market value was so low this offseason and I give the Bucks credit when when the Bucks decided to move on from him and let him go to free agency I said he's going to get at least $25 million as soon as he hits the open market. I could not be more wrong, and I'll own up to that on Way this off. platform. I said he's going to be one of the hottest commodities when it comes to NFL free agency. He was one of the last three quarterbacks to sign, and he's making literally pennies, uh, a lot less than a guy like Andy Dalton's making. And I don't know about you guys, but I think Jameis Winston's a much better quarterback than Andy Dalton is at this point in time. So, Gabe, I know you think he, he, he might leave – who knows? Maybe he impresses the coaching staff in the front office in New Orleans. Drew Brees decides to hang it up after this year, and the Saints decide that James Winston is their next quarterback. I don't know, but it could also be very likely that maybe Ben Roethlisberger leaves Pittsburgh and James Winston takes that job, or another job opens up because you know that'll happen as the season goes on. Hopefully, it goes on. Yeah, it, it's it's very curious because they also have Taysom Hill for another year after this one. So and. They obviously haven't said anything regarding him taking over when Drew Brees retires, but he wants to be a starting quarterback at some point. And he's already about 27, 28 years old. So the the clock's ticking on him more than Jameis, actually. Um, But as a a Saints fan, do you want Taysom Hill as your quarterback or Jameis Winston? If you were picking just between those two. I think we all know who you you would all choose. Yeah, I'd have to go with Jameis. I mean – For as much as I would like to see Taysom, he's only thrown seven passes. I know that's the – That everyone throws about around these days. But I do think Taysom 
Hill should be given the chance. Uh, the thing is, it's not just any chance. He needs to be put in a very specific position where he has a good surrounding cast and a good coaching staff that can utilize him well. And I think Champagne can do that, but I don't know if they will be giving him the opportunity at this point. Exactly. And for as much as we call Taysom Hill the Swiss Army knife of the NFL, what you just described shows that he isn't that versatile. He needs to be in a specific setting and with the specific coaching playbook and surroundings to, for him to succeed. And a Swiss Army knife should be able to work in any situation. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just don't see how it's going to play out at this point because Drew would have to win the Super Bowl to retire I think because they signed him to a two-year deal Mm -hmm. and if he doesn't win it then he'll probably come back Jameis will probably leave because he doesn't want to be a backup for another year earning pennies like Brett said and then Taysom would probably be the backup at that point well the beauty of the NFL free agency market and the quarterback market is that there are going to be jobs opening up every year so even if uh, Drew decides not to leave the hang it up just yet there'll probably be a spot for Jameis waiting yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because he's a Heisman winning trophy winner. Uh, he's a passing yards leader. Yeah. Uh, passing king. The passing, passing king. king. <laughs> yes. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Uh, he's definitely got potential. And he fixed his eyes. I keep, I keep insisting on this. Like, he fixed his eyes. That is something that I think is going to help him a lot more than people realize. He had three procedures. He had a thump to surgery on his thumb that was broken for the last few weeks of the season. He had a surgery done on his meniscus that was partially strained or torn. I'm not really sure. And then he had the LASIK procedure done. So Jameis Winston is going to be fully healthy, hopefully going into to training camp and into the preseason for the New Orleans Saints. And I think that he might be in the best shape he's been in his life. Uh, he, he's definitely thinner than he was at Florida State. And he wasn't thick at Florida State. He wasn't fat at Florida State. He was a little thicker, but as he played with the Bucks, he liked to, you know, he said last offseason they wanted to get up to 250. Byron Leftwich said, pump the brakes on that. Now James Wilson <laughs> trying to slim down. Um, no more crab good. legs for you. Yeah. No, well, he had to lay off a little bit of the honey fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all oh, yeah. do. A couple <laughs> baseball storylines to get to before we get to our uh, NFL trivia. Uh, uh, Gabe, I don't know if you've been caught up on this, but the KBO, the baseball league in South Korea, is starting this week, and there there will be some games broadcast on ESPN. I don't know when that deal starts, but there will be some games in place. Gary, have you looked at the KBO at all? Have, have you decided that there's a bit. team you want to support? Well, I'll tell you I which team I'm looking at. Yeah, I was about to say, give me a little rundown on the KBO because I haven't looked at it yet. I've been still looking, watching the Taiwan the Taiwan League a little bit, just following it. I follow their the Twitter account now. It's so like I see some updates, but still still just holding out for the Marlins. Well, the Taiwanese team that I decided to support, I've, I've realized they're not very good. The uh, Fubon Guardians, they're in last place. They're 6-9. and nine. Uh, the, They get beat up all the time by the Rakuten Monkeys, who seem to be the, the, the best team in the league. And uh, I don't know. I'm not really happy with the Guardians' performance. I know they got in a brawl the other day with uh, their mm-hmm. pitcher, their ace pitcher, Henry Sosa, was throwing at a guy on, I think, trying to trust brothers. The CPBL... I don't know. It's kind of going off the rails for the Guardians. So I might start watching a little more of the KBO when they start off. And I don't know a whole lot about the league in general, although I've heard it's probably a little better in quality than the CPBL. Uh, but the Kiwoom Heroes is the team I think I'll be throwing my support behind. 
I don't know if you've seen the baseball Brit on Twitter who traveled all around the country last year going to baseball games. Mm -hmm. He actually lived in Korea for a while and was a huge KBO fan. It was like the first baseball league he got into. And he put out a little two-and-a-half-minute video today uh, tying each of the KBO teams to their closest comparison in Major League Baseball. And he said the heroes are closest to the Rays. So that's the team I'm going with. No prior information. I haven't looked. I haven't even done any research yet. But if the games start Tuesday, I'll know more by then, and maybe we can talk about it a little bit more on the show. And uh, I'm excited to watch it. Was there any team that uh, he made akin to the Marlins, or do we not Probably have any not. Marlins-like team? Probably not. I mean, again, we're talking about the Marlins as one of you know the most irrelevant teams in baseball. So I can't imagine that there's Ooh. a. Uh, a comparison there but i'll let you know if i, I mean, if i think i mean hey myself. we still got a few more rings than you uh than in tampa so you do you do you <laughs> do i kid i kid and the other <laughs> baseball storyline we got to get to is the mlb players league through mlb the show there was a 30 team league which concluded today after the uh, uh the, the postseason wrapped up each uh, a, a player from each major league baseball team represented them uh, through MLB The Show, playing as that team in online competitions between players across the league. Eight players made it to the postseason, where one was crowned champion today. That was Blake Snell of the Tampa Bay Rays, a known gamer and YouTube – or not YouTube, Twitch streamer, rather, uh, finished off Lucas Giolito today in the championship series. And uh, the Rays get to hang another banner. So you get the wild card banner from last year and the uh, MLB The Show Players League banner from 2020. So yeah, we'll, I was about to we'll say, I guess it. I – I guess I spoke too soon on saying that you guys didn't have a ring. You guys got the you guys got the video game league. Raise the banner. <laughs> Gary, do you not think it's like a little unfair that the players had to use the teams that they were representing? I don't know who was playing for the Marlins, but Ryan Stanek that... went Ryan Stanek actually went for the Marlins. Oh he... my guy. I've got my right Ryan Stanek bottle opener somewhere. Exactly. He didn't play he wasn't good at all. I mean I'm gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat. <laughs> he was not good. I've I watched a little bit of him once I realized that it was just tough to watch. I w would have rather them used Miguel Rojas because Rojas has been doing a bit more uh, streams for the Marlins. Like he streamed the our opening day game against the Phillies back on what would have been opening day. And I wish they kind of went for him because a lot of people in Miami like Rojas more than Stanek just because we've been around Rojas for a bit longer. But I don't know. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching Joey Gallo the most. Apparently, he was, he was really good and a lot of fun to watch. I've watched mm -hmm. some of Blake Snell's uh, MLB The Show streams when he's just playing Diamond Dynasty on the game. But he, he ended up winning it, which I thought was really cool. It's huge for the Rays, and it's huge for a guy like Blake Snell, where his personality can really kind of shine through uh, on a platform like online streaming with video games. I watched some of the broadcasts, though. Some of them were shown on ESPN2 or, mm -hmm. or on Twitch or online throughout the league. I thought they were kind of bland. Robert Flores hosted them. Uh, Robert Flores from MLB Network, who used to be of ESPN. He, and some of these streams are broadcast on ESPN. I, I, I thought they could have done a little better with the presentation, but with the way they threw it together last second, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, it's a bit tough to kind of do a television production for a video game because, like, usually with TV productions, they know what shots are going to come next and yeah. what storylines they can talk about it. With, like, a video game, it kind of will jump around, like, different shots after, like, a pitch or whatever. So it's kind of weird, and they kind of have to think more on the fly and off the cuff. Well, what was happening was you'd get some really good games where two players would go back and forth with some banter, and, and Robert Flores would jump in. But when you're playing a, you know, a competitive competition with a video game, sometimes these players are locked in just like they would be in a regular game. So Robert Flores is kind of stuck trying to make up some commentary and talk to the players. 
I thought maybe they could have had it a, a second, you know, broadcaster in or maybe maybe you get Dallas Braden and, and Jared Carabas from starting nine who can kind of talk amongst themselves and then talk to the players who, you know, they've, done a, they've put out a lot of content with players before uh, to make it a little more exciting. Robert Flores did a great job. I don't mm-hmm. want to take anything away from him. And, and ultimately, you know, it, it, it's a weird thing. It's something he's never done before. Hopefully we get to a point where he doesn't have to do that again and we can talk about real baseball well, this is only, you know, you know, left to the off season. We can exactly. talk about real baseball during the spring and summertime. But I enjoyed it. I'm happy Blake Snell won. I thought it was huge for him and for the Rays. They're getting a lot of social media engagement through this. And uh, who knows, maybe I could talk about it on uh, Raise Your Voice and get some more clicks. I hope they actually make championship shirts for this. That would be kind of I'll fun. Buy one. I would like, yeah, I would like to see them kind of lean into it, almost like UCF leaned into their whole national championship team. <laughs> I, I would definitely buy one. I, I would be excited to see that. But uh, that's really all the news from around the country and around whoa. the globe. Whoa. How could you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't just jump off it just yet. We got NASCAR coming back May 17th, man. Come on, darling. It's not May 17th yet, though, Gary. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, we, the news came out this past week that we have, race, we have real racing back. We have live sports back. And it will start May 17th, uh, NASCAR Cup Series in Darlington, 400-mile race starting at 3 p- 3.30 p.m. on Fox. So, I mean, it's something. We're starting to get back. It's slowly but surely real sports. In, uh, in, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they plan on doing several races within a small period of time? Yes, it is. A, I think it, what is this, seven? Yeah, seven races in 10 days between the wow. Cup Series Xfinity series and the Gander truck series. So they're doing a fair amount of racing in that short amount of time, trying to catch up a little bit on some races and some revenue that they may have missed out on, but it's something. And I'm excited. I'm excited to kind of be able to focus more on real NASCAR. Well, if, if the Bundesliga, the German soccer league, I know is also working to come back with it at some point in the month of May. So that'll give us something to watch. I've watched the German, the German soccer league before. Haven't watched a whole lot of NASCAR before. So maybe that's something I'll get mm-hmm. into. Maybe that's something I'll have to find a way to make it a little more interesting. So, also, uh, I saw Siri, I saw the Italian league, Serie A, they said that they will be starting individual kind of practices this week. And then the week of May 18th, they will be doing more group practices. So hopefully Italian okay. soccer could be on the comeback soon as well. I know some of the English teams are getting ready to go back to training. I know Arsenal is trying to get back as soon as they can if there was enough government regulation wiggle room there so i don't know we're gonna get some sports back soon probably not without fans for a while but give us something to watch on Mm -hmm. tv give us something to watch on our tvs on the weekends especially because they can be they can be boring so gary thank you for bringing that up i'm I'm glad we didn't miss out on that before we get to trivia tonight i'm back in the host chair after coming in stealing the title away from gary losing it two weeks later to gabe I'm hosting again tonight. We've got Tomahawk Talk NFL IQ trivia. We're testing the NFL IQ of both Gary and Gabe. I think this is going to be a really good competition. You actually don't need your pens and papers. I'm so used to it now. <laughs> yeah, I, think this, I think this format lends itself a lot better to radio and to podcasts. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll try to incorporate this a little bit more moving forward for as long as we're on this podcast platform. But we'll start it off. I think this one's pretty simple. We'll see, though. You could you could throw out a stinker early on and lose a point just like that. But you guys know how it works. We're going to do a list. You guys are going to go back and forth naming players or teams from that list. 
until someone gets a wrong answer, the other person will be awarded a point. We've got seven rounds. Uh, so that's all we're going to have. And that's what do I get? We can't be tied after seven rounds. Only one person can have the correct, uh, can get the point from that round. So we will have a winner after seven rounds. All right. Starting off top 10 NFL rushing yard leaders from the 2019 season. Gary, you're coming in as the challenger to Gabe's defending champions. We'll let you go first. Gabe will go first in round two. Top 10 top rushing 10 NFL rushing yard leaders. Top 10 NFL you on the clock. Ooh, um, wow. Was not prepared for rushing leaders to start off, but um, whew, wow. I'm, I see, I always struggle with these ones a little bit just because it forces you to think a bit more off the top. And I don't I, have. Hmm? I also notice in the moment you freeze. You know, you freeze in the moment, you blank out. But think I do. about it. I Who do ran freeze. for more yards than any other player. In the NFL in 2019, you could. It should be very simple, there. and it's probably Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is number one on the list with 1,540 rushing yards, so that is correct. Goes over to Gabe now. If you are in, if you give an incorrect answer, Gary will get the point for round one. Let me go with CMC. Ooh, Christian McCaffrey, one. number three on the list, 1,387 rushing yards. Uh, I'm going to switch it on over now to Florida State alumni or former FSU player Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook narrowly makes the list number 10. He had 1,135 rushing yards. I'm going to go with the player that carried me to my fantasy final. and I actually lost because of him. He only put up four points (laughs) in the week 16 matchup, but Nick Chubb from the Browns. Nick Chubb, uh, number two, 1,494 yards. So you've got four of the 10 players. There are six remaining. Maybe we will end up with a tie if you guys tie in this round. But back to you, Gary, six players remaining. You guys have got one, two, three, and 10 off the board. So four through nine, all there. Four through nine, yeah. This is where it's going to start to get tough because you get that little middle ground and you think a guy who's a name, a big name is on that list and just may have had a bad year. And that – it may. It may have been Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm going to stick with Zeke. Zeke Elliott, number four, 1,357 yards. Solid pick, Gary. I knew this would be this would be good. I knew you guys would nail it. I just had to get the ball rolling. It's just get the first one off. Five through nine. I'm feeling the same way that Gary just did because I thought this was the guy that he was going to mention, and I'm just going to risk it. I think it's Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley with the injuries uh, misses out on this yeah, list. Yep, so Gary's going to get the point for round one. <laughs> Had Zeke on my off. fantasy team. Knew that, knew that one was not going to be there. Yeah. I'm going to read it off. Five through nine. Number five was Chris Carson, 1,230 yards for the yeah. Seattle Seahawks. Number six, NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson, 1,200. <laughs> I thought you were only yards. doing running backs. I was thinking only running backs. I, I did didn't not say have, running backs. Yeah. I, said I know you're right. You're, right. you're right. No, you're right. <laughs> Number seven, Leonard Fournette, 1,152. And Josh Jacobs, the rookie with the Oakland Raiders, picks up 1,150 yards. Joe Mixon with the Cincinnati Bengals picks up 1,137 yards, comes in at number nine. But you guys went deep into that one. I'm yeah. impressed. Gary gets one. the point there. So Gabe's down one nothing early on, but plenty of time to come back into it. Okay. With okay. our second round, Gabe's going to get the chance to answer first. It's going to be the top ten NFL passing yard leaders from 2019. So this one might maybe a little bit might be a little more straightforward, but also might be a larger margin for error here. Mm-hmm. But Gabe, I, you're starting us off. 
Oh, I'm going with my backup for this upcoming season, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston was not the a, passing king. Not a bad we've, said it, <laughs> we've said it so often on this podcast over the last few weeks. 5,109 passing yards. He is number one. Gary? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes narrowly gets in. So he missed a little bit after that injury. Really? He missed oh, a little bit. Oh, I forgot about the injury. At number 10. I forgot about the injury. He comes in at number 10, so you're a little lucky. 4,031 yards. Patrick Mahomes on the list, number 10. Heck Gabe, yeah. back to you. Oh, Gary picked both number 10s already. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, which is I'm really at, impressive. I'm good at bookending. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let me go with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, number six, 4,110 passing yards in 2019. Uh, let's take it. Take Deshaun Watson. Not on we there? Are, we are tied at one. I thought Deshaun does not make it. I Where did Deshaun too. fall? Where was he? I don't have the 12? full list, but I'll but I'll pull it up. Uh, then I'll read uh, off uh, the rest of the list. Really? I, I, that's a good guess. I thought, yeah, I yeah. thought Deshaun would have been there. Yeah. He had 3,852 yards. How so, much was that? What was that good for? That, that would have been like probably like 12th or 13th. Yeah. Oh, so just yeah. off. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Um, coming in at number two is Dak Prescott, 4,902. Jared Goff, 4,638 with that Rams vertical offense going mm-hmm. down the field. And then uh, number four, Phillip Rivers, 4,615. That oh. one kind of shocked me a little bit. Bill does shock me up there. Matt Ryan at number five, 4,400 plus yards. Tom Brady at number seven, 4,057. Derek Carr at number eight, 4,054. Carson Wentz, number nine, 4,039. See, I was not yeah, thinking right. Derek Carr. Derek Carr was one of those guys who was not yeah. expecting to be on my li- on that list. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's the name of the game, yeah, Gary. That's it's one it. <laughs> one headed to round three. We've got ourselves a ball game right here. This is our last one from from 2019 before we get into some more historic questions. Top ten NFL teams in 2019 in terms of yards per game. This is from the defensive standpoint. So we're looking for teams that give up the least amount of yards per game the top 10 teams and it goes Gary you're going to start us off for top this 10 one. defensive teams are right um in terms of yards per game who is who was not giving up points and yards um Jesus yes yeah I, when I'm always <laughs> the first person I always struggle a bit I just need to get my I, mind going the and first, running. going first is a blessing and a curse oh yeah. yes oh yeah very much so um for sure shoot this one's this one's kind of a tough one I'm starting to blank right now um Let's go with. You've almost got a one in three chance, though, with terms yeah. of NFL teams. Yeah, it's true. It it kind of helps with the numbers. Um, I know Philly had a pretty solid. Philly had a pretty solid defense, correct? Let's go Philly. Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I'm probably wrong. Again, in the third round, Gary has taken the number ten team on the list. Whew. The Eagles gave up three hundred thirty-one point <laughs> seven yards per game, and that's good for number ten. This, this is unreal. I, I'm honestly in disbelief. This was <laughs> a game solid. of guessing the number ten team or number way 10 more position. Im- way more oh. impressive than taking the number one team. Yeah, this <laughs> is like the crossbar challenge in soccer. Honestly, it is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, Gabe, back Gary. to you. Uh, Gary I'm gonna go with the Niners. San Francisco 49ers, oh, well, yeah. yes. number two, 281.8 yards per game. Obviously ended up going to the NFC title game and then the Super Bowl where they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, but a very solid pick by Gabe there. Gary, See, I'm not good. I'm not good at picking the best. I'm just good at picking the oh, like a solid team. <laughs> the team um, that just got in there. That just did enough. Let's take 
Jeez, uh, this is I just I don't know why I struggle with the defensive ones the most. I didn't I don't think I had I can't even remember who even I had for my fantasy team defense this year. You must but, not be a true fan. You're not listening to your dad. Defense wins championships, Gary. Listen oh, to your dad. This is true. This is true. Hey, but offense puts butts in the seats. <laughs> true. True. So uh let's go with Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings Probably not on the list. Yes, yeah. So mm-hmm. Gabe, you gotta get one more. Minnesota Vikings. I don't know where they are because I don't have the full list. Yeah, I just that's wrote fine. the top ten. That's down. fine. But Gabe, if you get if you nail it, you get the point. If not, it goes back to Gary. I'm going to go with the reason the Patriots were in the playoffs. Not Tom Brady, but the New England defense. New England was number one. Gave up 275.9 points per game. Gary, you saw him twice this year. The Dolphins played him twice in the AFC East. Thought you might have gotten that one. But Gabe takes the point and takes the lead. They they couldn't have been that good of a defense. The the Dolphins beat them. Yeah, it's, that's true. In week 17. That's, that's why, true. hey, they go down in my ranking. In my rankings, they weren't number one. <laughs> <laughs> I go off my rankings. Well, uh, well <laughs> I, I'm glad. I'm glad. In my rankings, do, though. One week, we're going to do – you're going to have to guess my rankings. <laughs> <laughs> one week very far in the future. Yes. Hopefully, we don't All get right. there. <laughs> Round four, Gabe, you're going to start us off. You lead two to one. The top ten NFL passing touchdown leaders – of the 2010s. This is passing touchdowns. They're all quarterbacks. Oh, that's too easy. It's my all boy, right. Drew Brees. Drew Brees, number one, 318 touchdowns. Well, uh, this one, I feel like since I just missed on this team just before, I'm going to go with Tommy Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady, number two, 292 touchdowns. This is of the 2000s or 2010s. From 2010s, 2010, 2019. Okay. I I have a couple ideas. I want to try and guess number three, and that's a little hard considering injuries and when people retired. But I'm just going to go with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson comes in at number nine. He had 196 oh, really? wow. passing touchdowns. Let's take Aaron, Gary. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, number three, 279 passing touchdowns. Started. He was a starter around 2010, played the entire decade. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he retired in 2015, but Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning not on the list. I was afraid. I, I was afraid he of been. that one. I was afraid of that one. Gary, you do have to get one more right to take the point here. Let's let's stick with the solid quarterbacks who's had a nice long career. Let's go with Big Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, number six, 236 yeah. touchdowns. Uh, Gabe, if, if you, you don't get the point here, it goes 2-2. Looks like we might be headed towards the game seven. If you had one more guess, who, who would you take? Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers comes in at number four, 268 Not a bad touchdowns. pick. There you go. So the, kind of, between the name of the game there is who, who started at quarterback for the longest. I know we talked about him early in the show. Number 10 was Andy Dalton, 188 touchdowns. Really? The league. His rookie season was 2011 with the Bengals. He started every year. Through since then, uh, and so he picked up a bunch of passing touchdowns. Matt Stafford, 224 touchdowns with the Detroit Lions. Eli, Eli Manning, 235. Matt Ryan with the Atlanta Falcons comes in at number five, 257. Uh, but all you know, I thought, I thought you guys, I've Peyton Manning's a fair pick. Uh, yeah, I was, I was worried about when he retired because yeah. I knew it was midway through. Because if you look at 2010, 2011, 2012, you know, into 2013, you know, he picked up a lot of passing mm-hmm. touchdowns. 2013 was the year he's injured. But uh, I think it was the year he was injured. 
but he picked up a lot of touchdowns. Not a bad pick. Mm-hmm. All right, sticking with the same theme of the 2010s, for this next one, Gary, you're going to start us off. We're tied at two apiece. Top 10 NFL rushing yard leaders of the 2010s. Of the 2010s. This one will be a little tougher. This will be a lot tougher, I think. Of the 2010s. Fun. Let's start off with Adrian Peterson. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Adrian Peterson, number three, 8,834 yards. Mm-hmm. Let me go with Shady. Uh, let's show- Sean McCoy. LaShawn McCoy, one. number one, 9,969 yards. Not a bad pick. Um, I th- I have a feeling Marshawn Lynch should be up on this list. Marshawn Lynch, number four, 7,778 yards. Oof. Got to go with the, the old man, Frank Gore. Frank, Frank yeah. Gore, number can't two, 9,187 yards. You guys have gotten the top four off the board. Ooh, this is where it gets tough lane. now. This is where it gets tough now because this is running backs are such a, f- a fickle business. It's true. It is um, true. Shoot. Let's see. Top, top after 2010, 2010 and on. Um, wow. This is a, this is a tough one for me now. Uh, why can't I think of a good player for this one? There's, there should be I, some I solid ones up any. on this I list. I know this. the hints. Yeah. Don't give me a hint. I don't, I don't want any, I don't want an asterisk next to this one if I win. <laughs> There's a strategy to getting this question right, though. I will say that. Yeah. That's all I'll say. That's very vague, but I will say there's a strategy here. Yeah, it's seeing who had, like, the best couple-year bursts and that who could have taken that title in a few years. That's one um, strategy, correct. Le'Veon Bell. Let's take Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell does not make the list. Uh, when did he come into the league exactly? 2016? Yeah, I think he was a little bit later on. He had a Gabe, few, but he had a lot of good years. <laughs> Gabe, you do got to get one more right before we go, you know, before we can give you the point. Or we go back to Gary if you miss out. Go with Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott, also not on the list. Yeah. Came in in 2016. Came in, was, he was a result of the 2015 Ohio State team, correct? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was on that national title team. Gary, back to you. Back to me. Oof. This just keeps getting tougher by the minute. If you guys miss out one more each, we'll, we might pass on this question. Fair enough. Okay. I was about to say we could do hints for this part for if we both miss like what we just did since Maybe. we both just missed. Um, hmm. I, um, running backs. Adrian Pearson's gone. All right. Um, try to think of who could have been just under all just under Marshawn and all these guys. Um, why am I blanking on these guys? I, I mean, running backs, I tough. feel like it's a tough – running backs is a tough one. I mean, you really have to remember those like guys who just had those four or five years, just good three or four years, I'd say, where they just blew up the league. It's true. You're, you're making all good points. I think I know exactly the criteria I'm searching for, but I just can't remember. Like, I'm struggling to remember those 2010s, 11s, 12 guys, 13 guys that are on this list because I know they're there. They're somewhere. Well, I know a guy. Well, well we're going to need an answer, yeah, Gary. I'm, pa- I'm passing on this one. I can't. Pass. My mind's blank. My mind's blank. I'm going to see. I'm going to hope Gabe, that Gabe for the point. In Jamal game Charles? Five. Jamal Charles. Not a bad in, one. In, let me just say something. Gary's been doing it all game. Gabe just took the number 10 guy on the list with 6,086 mm. <laughs> yards. Jamal Bravo. Charles comes in at number 10. Gabe takes a 3-2 lead. 
Number five on this list was Matt Forte, 7,629 yards. See, that was it. That was what I was thinking. He's a forgotten Number guy. Number six, DeMarco Murray DeMarco comes out. in with over 7,000 yards. Chris Johnson, 6,400 yards. Okay, I was number thinking eight, Chris Johnson. I was like, Arian Foster, how did I forget about him? Is he in Arian Foster was number nine. Yeah, Garrett Blunt comes in at number no eight. No way. Garrett oh. Blunt. That one shocked me more than oh, that. That's, that's no one. joke. I was thinking of New England Patriot players, and I was like, there's, I immediately <laughs> passed by because they're always a rotating door in New England yeah. when it comes to running and passing. So my strategy would have been, and it might have been yours, but thinking just back fantasy drafts, who was going was number one, to number two, home. number three overall? Uh, there was a few, a lot of years where Johnson was number one, Murray went number one, Jamal Charles was going in the top mm-hmm. five for a couple of years. Uh, so that that would have been probably the best strategy. But obviously, the guys at the top were in that, uh, you know, in that level too. Uh, moving on to number six, Gabe's got a three-two lead. He could seal it here. We'll go through all seven questions, uh, but, but Gabe could seal it here, clinch it here. And we're going back to 2010s. We've done quarterbacks. We've done running backs. Now we're looking for the top ten NFL receptions leaders not receiving yards not receiving touchdowns receptions leaders of the 2010s we're looking for the top 10 and uh, Gabe it's going to start with you gotta go with Larry Fitzgerald Larry Fitzgerald number two 780 receptions that man just doesn't quit that was gonna be my guess as well but uh, I'm gonna go with the guy who people say may have retired too early and that's Calvin Johnson Calvin Johnson must have retired too early at the point. <laughs> oh. Gabe, you get another Megatron one. That was, was an easy one. Oh, I thought Megatron was going to be there. And, and Gabe Megatron has, lets me uh, down. <laughs> won again. So he's won trivia again. Damn. Gary, that's so funny because you said, well, he may have retired too early. And you gave yourself <laughs> yeah, away right there. He retired I thought, too I early. Thought I had that's it. what I, that's what I said about Peyton Manning too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Number one, does anyone have a guess on number one if they had a second guess? Um, if I had a second guess, Des Bryant? No. Nah. Des Bryant? Nope, not at all. Is he on uh, the list? Uh, Antonio I mean, I Brown? Or Julio Antonio Jones. Brown was yeah. number one. Antonio Brown, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that Brown joined the league in 2010. I yeah, thought he was 12 or 13. So he had been in the league for that long and picked up 837 receptions over that time. He was Big Ben's favorite target. Julio Jones, number three. Demarius Julio. Thomas, number four. Brandon Marshall. Jason Witten, number six. One of the tight ends on the list. Jimmy Graham, number seven. Another tight end. Golden Tate, A.J. Green, Michael Crabtree round up the list. A lot more recent guys. There are a lot more guys that are still playing in the league. I would have. That's why I was thinking Calvin Johnson because Calvin Johnson had was amazing when he was. That might in the be league. reflective of a league that's becoming even more so the passing league. Exactly. Um, you look at some of the tight ends that made that list with Graham and Witten. You know, teams trying to you know find those mismatches with tight ends and linebackers seeking out the tight end. Jason Wynn, obviously one of the greatest tight ends of all time. Mm-hmm. But Gabe wins it four to two. We're going to do question seven before we wrap up the show tonight. And uh, this might be a fun one. Maybe uh, you know mm-hmm. this could make it you know a close close game, or Gabe could seal the deal with a blowout. There's 13 teams on this list. We're looking for teams with multiple Super Bowl victories. Gary, you get to start us off. There's 13 teams. Just all-time? All-time. Multiple Super Bowl victories. More than one. Well, let's go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers have six. They're yes. tied for first. How about them Cowboys? The Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys have five Super Bowl titles. Well, next one is also and not my favorite, but let's just take the Patriots. Get them off the board now. <laughs> New England Patriots also have six. I'm going to stick it in the NFC East. I'm going to go with the New York Giants. New York football Giants. New York Giants, Giants have four Super Bowls. They are on the list. 
Let's take the Green Bay Packers. Also with four is the Green Bay Packers. So you've got, I think, most of the team, well, all but one of the teams with at least four. I'm going to go with the reigning Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs won their second Super Bowl title this past year, so they are on the list. This is just Super Bowls all time, correct? All time. Okay. Super Bowl. All right. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers were the last team with at least four. They have won five Super Bowls. They come in at number three. Surprised you haven't set this one, Gary. The Dolphins. Gabe was, comes in and steals the Miami Dolphins from Gary. They all five two Super Bowls. I was putting them in my back pocket, saving it for later. I knew. <laughs> I knew. You don't think I know? You don't think I know, man? I, got I, was, I was just wondering. I got Dan Marino jersey, the guy who didn't win the Super Bowl for the Dolphins right next to me. Um, There's only five teams left. Only five teams left. Um, let's I see. Know. Who haven't we named? Let's go through the list of teams in my head. Well, obviously, it's not the Buffalo Bills. I'm sorry for my dad saying that for my dad. <laughs> oh, he's listening. They've won zero. Yeah, sadly. They infamously won zero. He's going to get on me when he hears this. <laughs> <laughs> um. Was we already said the Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, Pats, Giants, Niners, Dolphins? Yes. yes. Okay, we've said seven. Um, that's when it starts to get a little bit more tough. Um, hmm. The oh well, Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have won three. That's correct. That's true. I'm gonna uh, stick it in the AFC West. The Al Davis Raiders. The Oakland Raiders have also won three. That is also correct. That was another one of my choices. Um, Let's see who else. So we're at nine now. We got four teams left. Only three. Only three teams. Oh, only three. Sorry, only three. You guys have gotten the Steelers, the Patriots, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Giants, the Raiders, Mm -hmm. the Broncos, the Chiefs, and the Dolphins. This might be going out on a limb, but – uh, the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears only won in 19 – was it 85, 85 or It was 85. Six, I knew 85. 85. I was just 85. thinking maybe Hollis got one be- – or Hollis got one before. Nope. Only yeah, one nope. Super Bowl title for the Bears. <laughs> Gabe, to take the point, your fifth point of the night, who you got? I know – I'm going to go with two, actually, just to show off. I'm going to go with the oh, Ravens no. and the Redskins. <laughs> Ravens, the Redskins yeah. won three. The Ravens won two. Dang. Gabe – with Forgot some, about the hogs. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gary. I got to say it. Gabe dominated tonight, maybe more than anyone has dominated in, in all of Tomahawk talk. I told you. I, got my I just wasn't on my A game tonight. Maybe, maybe I've run my course a bit with being a contestant. Maybe I should take my talents to the host chair for next week. <laughs> Next, and give I'd, you be, a shot. I'd be okay with that. Maybe you'll come in and we'll bring one other person in, maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll figure out some I'll start thinking of some questions for next week. Maybe, maybe me and you will be together for next week's episode. We'll that see, might yeah. be a possibility. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. We'll we'll stay socially distant, but maybe yes, in the of same course. Room. Of course. All right. Well, I, I I'd love that. Gary, we've got a couple minutes left. You watching Westworld finale tonight? Oh yes, of course. I'm excited. Do it after the last dance? Yes, I will be watching I'll go Last Dance, Westworld, and then tomorrow morning, uh, see, uh, series finale of The Clone Wars. Oh, my gosh. That's Star right. Wars The Clone Wars I didn't know series. you watched that. Oh, it's so – the last it's three episodes, this beautiful. final story arc of, is amazing. It happens just at the same time as episode three, the uh, Revenge of the Sith. It's amazing. That's pretty much what I've been consumed with. Maybe that's why my NFL, th- or <laughs> stuff, NFL memory is not up to snuff at the moment. 
because I'm not in sports mode at the moment. But once I get back to sports, I'll start having everything going again. Be I'll honest. have to get. Go ahead. Did Gabe. you cry at the last episode? Don't I was nervous. Don't I was nervous a lot. But did you did you cry? I no, I didn't cry, but I was okay. very nervous. I was like, because it's that the way that that uh, episode was shot and produced was very kind of. It felt like almost a horror movie of sorts. Oh yeah, it was. It was very tragic. It's very yeah. Oh, I'll have I can't to get on the Clone Wars. One. I'll have to get on the Clone Wars. I've I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've I've watched a little bit of the re- most recent season. Mm-hmm. After Westworld's over, maybe I'll just go through and watch. With all going, of the Clone Wars. touching on Westworld one more time, I'm surprised that they're doing a fourth and fifth season. Like it felt like this could have yeah. been the final. This could have been it. Like it I would seems have been, like it's headed that way, but maybe I don't know. There's going to be a twist. Dealing... There's something's going to happen. They're going to throw us another curveball in Westworld fashion, and we're going to have two more seasons worth of content somehow. Show when, up. <laughs> yeah, when you're dealing with robots in a fictional world, uh, you you've got a lot you can work with, and yeah. hopefully it wraps up all nicely tonight. I think I'm going to watch The Last Dance live, even though I kind of want to watch Westworld live. I don't know. I'm making that decision. I'll be making that decision in the next hour because it's going to come on in the next hour uh, as we record this. should come out on a Monday as a podcast and then uh, hopefully on WVFS. Hopefully we'll update our uh, mm-hmm. listeners on, on social media when we do get that news. But that is going to do it for us tonight. I'm really shocked we took this an hour with not yeah. much real news to yeah. talk about. Trivia was exciting. I thought it was a really great matchup. Uh, and uh, Gabe defends his title successfully, and uh, we'll have to come on next week. He's going to have to That's keep coming to on Gabe. until someone I'll takes it from back. him. Tweet the but, Derek Jeter uh, respect meme. To <laughs> we will, we will. But for Gabe Tisnes and Gary Putnick, I'm Brett Rutherford, and this was Tomahawk Talk. We'll see you guys next week.